Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly the First. And this is Katie the Fourth, Esquire. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline, a podcast that talks about Kimberly's obsession with Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight's. No, it's about Dateline. Sorry, I thought we were doing like royalty names. We were doing fancy rich people's names. We were. So I was correct to do Esquire. Yeah, no, that was perfect. Great. This episode is called Dark Waters. And we've had an open water, troubled waters. John Waters. <laughs> we never had John Waters on Dateline. Good. I don't want to see John Waters on Dateline. No. Because it means something horrible would have happened. So, yeah. great. So, this is our second episode about this family, the Murdochs. Murdoch. So, the GH There's... is just pronounced like a K, correct? Or it's just trails off. Murdoch. Murdoch. And the man's name is Alex, but it's pronounced Alec, but by some people it's pronounced Elec. Elec. Only one person said Elec, right? Or did more than one? The local reporter says Elec. Yeah. No, the Wall Street Journal reporter says Elec. Oh, she's from Wall Street Journal. Apologies. The man is from the, he's the local reporter. It was explained to us that that name is just pronounced as Alec in the South, even if it's Alex. Alec Murdoch. Okay. But the, our first episode was last year, and it was called Murdoch, colon, the money, greed. Fame, power. Ha- power. Extravagance. Um, rise and fall. Okay. Something dyna- like that. Dynasty. Yeah, that seems right. Judgment Day? Yep. I don't know. I like that. Southern. So apologies if we use the same jokes. I did not listen to that episode, so I don't know. We definitely went back and forth about his name for quite a while. So probably there you go. Sorry about that. Worth it. So I don't apologize. So that this episode aired November 4th, 2022, and it is season 31, episode eight, and it's hosted by Craig Melvin, aka Kelvin, because that is what my brain does. And you did that last time. I know. I do it every time we see him. Mm-hmm. I love him. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. He's so stinking handsome. He is very handsome. Also, very engaging. Really Great. He did fun good banter. to listen to. I just, yeah. you feel like you're in it with him and you can tell. Not that the other hosts aren't obviously always invested in their stories, but he's got a level of excitement that as a theater kid, I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm into it. Tell me the story. He's also What's from South Carolina. Yeah, so which is great. And he makes a great joke about it. Yes, he does. That was my favorite yeah, part. Yeah, it was really good. So he says, this is low country, a remote and watery corner of South Carolina. I don't like watery corner. I love Ooh. being by the water. But for some reason, a watery corner reminds me of like when you heat up a lean cuisine and the corner is just like all watery. Oh, because it didn't set. Or you have a weird microwave that doesn't heat evenly. So where Spanish moss hangs from the old oaks that line the streets, families go back generations, like the Murdoch family. Mm-hmm. It is a Southern Gothic tale from Faulkner, Shakespeare, Grisham. We've heard, I remember that line from last time. Mm-hmm. And it all revolves around Alex, Alec, Alec. The story starts in 2019, but not really because we're going to rewind. But that's how this part of the story is starting. Yes. There are six Utes that are, including Paul Murdoch, who is Alex, Alex's son. Youngest. The Murdoch family has four people. 
a wife, two boys. This is the youngest boy. Hold on. Yeah. Are they teens at this part of the story? Is Paul Murdoch a teen right now? Or is They're he like- all around 19. They're all under 21. There we go. So they're planning to take the Murdoch family boat to an oyster roast. And hours later, a 911 call comes in from one of the teens, Connor Cook, saying the boat crashed 19-year-old Mallory Beach is missing. So Connor's parents get the news and they rush to the hospital to see their son, Connor. But they keep getting these calls along the way from Alec Murdoch, Paul's dad, and not to check on them. Not to check on Connor, but to say, well, you know, Connor was driving the boat. And at this point, Craig Melvin leans forward in his seat, super excited. And he's like, he told you Connor was driving the boat. And they're like, yep, but we knew Connor wasn't driving the boat. So right away, before they've even gotten to the hospital, Alec is starting. He tells them it would be easier for him as a lawyer to get Connor out of trouble than his own son, Paul. Sure, Jan. I don't, that makes no sense. But when Connor's parents get to the hospital, Alec is waiting for them. He runs to them to console them. No, he says, y'all calm down with the judges and law enforcement. Let's not worry about it because I got this thing handled. And they said, let me talk to my son. <laughs> Why are you hugging me? The young people at the hospital say that Alec was talking to all the kids, making the rounds, going from room to room, trying to get their stories straight, trying to get them all on the same page, which was Connor was driving the boat. And he was saying things like, I'll take care of you. Just go along with this. Sorry, how many kids were on the boat? There was six. Six kids. Six kids. Did Paul have a girl with him? I think so, yes. Okay, so it was and like so three, it was three couples and they all went to the hospital except for one. Well, two, and I will get to that. Oh, okay. I was confused. All right, go ahead. Yeah. So Connor's cousin, Connor's at the hospital. Connor's cousin, Anthony, is Mallory's boyfriend. Mallory's the one who's missing. Anthony stays at the dock with all the police, like, doing the search, trying to find Mallory. So he's not hurt. He was okay. He was thrown into the water. I'll get to that. But he's okay. okay. He is so sweet so adorable to me, but he's just a gem, I feel like. Southern gentleman gem. He's definitely very handsome and also very soft spoken. There's some he's got a way about him that thumbs up. I like yeah. him. Yeah. So Anthony had loved Mallory for years. They were kind of childhood friends and then they started dating and they were for sure gonna get married. And Anthony says he had been friends with Paul growing up, and Paul was wild, more wild than the other ones, but he had a good heart. And he was a good friend. I would like a, an example of when Paul showed his good heart. That's a great. I would love that as well. I would love that. So, so they're all drinking that night, even though they're under 21. Paul bought alcohol using his brother Buster's ID. I remember Buster. Hey, brother. Hey, so Anthony said Paul was super drunk. And he kept saying, let me drive. Let We can get a ride back. We don't have to take the boat. And Paul kept saying he's super drunk. His pride is taking over. Y'all ain't going to tell me I can't drive this boat. This is my boat. Very Mel Gibson being arrested energy. And Paul decides we're not done drinking yet. 
So he pulls over to a waterfront bar and he and Connor start drinking even more. And Anthony is pissed at these guys. Like, what are we doing here? We all want to go home. So they get back on the boat and Paul starts acting erratically. And apparently Anthony says that when he gets drunk, he doesn't like to have clothes on. Who does? Me, actually. I'm clothed at all times, even when I shower. So he got stripped down to his boxers. Very like Gary Busey getting arrested vibes. And he's screaming. He's being super aggressive. And he sounds just like a horrible drunk. He is yelling and everyone's like, we want to go home. And Paul turns to Mallory like he's going to start yelling at her. And because Anthony is the best boyfriend and Southern gentleman, he says, you know, Paul, you better think about this for a second. I love that. So it's so calm and scary. Yeah. You better think right now. Katie, Before you better you say think another about word. what's about to come out of your mouth. Oh, it's so good. Also, because Anthony's the one telling us this story, I don't know. I feel like I saw it better than ever before. I was sort of confused on how the boat thing happened. But now we're like getting the actual yeah. story because Anthony's yeah. telling us. So Paul puts the boat into gear and just drives so fast that Anthony falls down to the floor of the boat and he grabs Mallory and pulls her onto his lap for safety because he's Beth's boyfriend. But he wakes up in the water. That's all he knows. The boat has crashed into a bridge. Mallory is gone. So he swims to shore and starts searching for Mallory. And the police come and they're searching for Mallory. And Anthony is frantic and he's furious at Paul. Paul is also not at the hospital yet. And so he he sees red when he sees Paul and how casually Paul is like laughing on the security on the police footage. And he lunges at Paul and throws him down to the ground. And he's screaming, why are you smiling? This is funny. And my girlfriend's gone. And Paul says, oh, it's going to be fine. Just ever, you know, because everything's always fine for Paul. And Did we see this video last time? Yes. I don't remember Anthony screaming like that. The yeah, way that Anthony screaming. is. He's doing that thing where a mild mannered guy, when they lose it, they lose it. And he's doing that high-pitched, screechy scream that's really... Probably like how I sound when I scream. Yeah, it makes you like tear up instantly because it's like (laughs) the emotion's too big. So you're like, Mm -hmm. if you're Mm -hmm. getting yelled at, oh. Yeah. So Anthony says, I hope you rot in H-E double hockey sticks where the moss grows on the trees and the devil has a ponytail. (laughs) That's just how I imagine someone would describe it. The devil has a ponytail? Pointy tail. Oh, pointy tail. I thought you said pointy <laughs> ponytail, and then I thought you said poignant tail. And so I was like, either one, either one. All no, three he has a man work. bun yeah. and a pointy tail. <laughs> so Anthony is seeing that Paul is just so casual about this because they are surrounded by law enforcement, different agencies, and no one is arresting Paul. No one is coming after Paul. Paul is going to get away with it because Paul gets away with everything. So back at the hospital, Connor's parents realize our son probably needs a lawyer. The only lawyer they know is Alec Murdoch. Oh, my God. And Alec recommends Corey Fleming. Remember that name? Oh, yes. Like the phlegm in your throat, he will not go away. Yeah. That's a little mnemonic device. So you'll remember. Great. So Connor's parents say, okay, we'll have Corey be our lawyer. But they don't know that Corey is Paul's godfather and Alec's college roommate. Oh my so he's like deep in the Murdoch stew. Mud puddle. He's yeah. like the carrots yeah. in the stew. Yep. 
but they think he's just a impartial lawyer. Nope. So Corey becomes their lawyer, but Alec is pulling the strings. He's the puppet master. And one night he calls Connor's dad, Marty, to his office at eight o'clock at night in a move that feels very Godfather asking. Oh, the favor. Are you going to stay with the family? Yeah, Are exactly. you going to go against the family? And Connor's dad, Marty, says, I didn't believe that sh- shirt for a second. Was he here last time? Have we met Marty before? I don't think so. Marty is cursing I like, like I a sailor. Remembered him. Yeah, it's pretty good. So he's like, I didn't remember that sh- shirk. shirk. How do you say shirk? I wasn't going to fall for that. I'm not throwing my son under the bus for his son. And Alec really thought that Connor's dad was probably naive and he was better and smarter than him and he could fool him. But not, you don't know Marty. Marty's got street smarts. Street smarts. There we go. So days go by and Anthony is with the searchers at the water. They're looking every day, but they still can't find anything. And one day Anthony's mom, Beverly, has a strange moment with Maggie Murdoch, who is Alec's wife and Paul's mom. And Anthony's mom, Beverly, is crying in the truck by herself because she's so upset about this. And she hears someone climb in the back seat of the car, which also feels like a weird mobster power move to me. Yeah, if someone gets in the back. In the back, like, are you my driver? It feels very like a sting operation. You just climb in the back and you talk to someone with, while you're looking out the window and then you never look them in the eye. It feels exactly like that. It's also weird because I think that she says that she has a truck and she got into yeah. the back seat of my truck. Oh, that is weird. So then Maybe you have that little itty bitty baby door that you're <laughs> opening in the cab. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or yeah, you're having or to push the front seat up <laughs> to get into the... This is... Excuse me. Can I just push you forward for a second? And the mom's like, oh, okay, crunching. And then she's like, let me just climb in the back. Okay, now let's have this really cryptic conversation. Yeah, you get in this little baby door. Also... I would be really upset if someone just came in and got in the backseat of my car. I would be like, no, 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 no. I have stuff back there. Because that's where everything yeah. <laughs> goes is in the backseat of the car. And this mo- this mother is like grieving. She's, I mean, this is the most stressed out to the max you could possibly be. You don't know if your daughter is alive or dead, but you think you know. It's like the worst situation. No. She said specifically she wanted to be in there to be alone. She was yeah. having that moment of being alone. It's being presented with a person who has some character traits that we're going to talk about in a second, I think. And so then you have to be polite when really you're just having a moment. Mm -hmm. Moment interrupted is not okay. Don't like it. It also feels very like, oh, you don't mind, do you? Yes, I do mind. Did she even knock on the door? I don't even think she knocked on the window. Wouldn't you tap on the window and mouth like, you okay? Do you need a minute? Can I talk to you? You know, you'd mouth something. Yes. So Anthony's mom says that Maggie Murdoch says... Something strange. She says, what do you think would happen if they never find her? They never find Mallory's body. And Beverly thought it was very sinister. She starts thinking immediately, they have, Murdoch's have boats on the water. They know everyone in law enforcement. What if they find her before the search and rescue team? Could they do a full on cover up? And she thinks, yes, 1000% they could. Yeah. This is where her thoughts go immediately, which says something. So the Murdoch family has been in charge for more than a century. Alex's great-grandfather, Randolph I, 
became the head of the family. He started the family business in law, and then he became the county solicitor, which is very power- powerful position. He was that for 20 years. Then his son took over. Then that one son took over. So it just co- the whole family. That's also a lot of pressure on anyone in that family. It, it definitely is. It's a recipe for some troubling. Give me a family things. that has achieved very little. Yeah. And there's no pressure on me. Yeah. So Well, wait a minute. So sorry, when did do you think that Randolph back in the day, do you think they went by Randy or do you think that's a newer invention? No, I think they went by Randolph. It was definitely Randolph. Yeah. Yeah. What is the town that we're in? Is Hampton County the name of the town? It's the county. I'm not sure if it's the, the name city of, the of Hampton. I don't know. Someone's going to tell us. Okay, but they it up. say the whole time Hampton County. How do I look it up? Murdoch. Where do the Murdoch family live? Islandton, the Low Country region of South Carolina. Oh my God! Is there seriously no town? Are these just like townships? Why can't Hampton people just say town. the name of the town? Does that seem wild? Yeah. I'm looking on Wikipedia. Hampton. Okay, Hampton County. Oh, my God. So here's the thing. I think that they owned this, like, district, this 14th district of South Carolina. But I think that they are all little tiny towns around there. Does that make sense? It's not like Charleston or something like that. Yeah. So the family knew all of the judges, knew all the lawyers, knew all of the cops. It's like a Murdoch octopus. How many metaphors can I have? But they just ran the town. They just, they were above all of the... People, they right? were the law and they were above the law. Ooh. Alec and Maggie were college sweethearts. They had Buster and Paul. Alec worked at the family firm. Maggie was friendly, but she wanted you to know that she was better than you. And this is Anthony's mom, Beverly, explaining this. She, she was very arrogant and friendly at the same time. And she says to Craig Melvin, if you can picture that. And Craig Melvin says, well, I'm from South Carolina, so I can. A lot of bless your hearts. And it was delightful banter, Craig. He won I'm my heart with that. Bless his heart. Yeah. That was great mm-hmm. in the good way. So Connor's mom also felt the same way about Maggie and said she showed off her money a lot. She walked around with her nose up. Now, if you don't remember this story, Maggie, unfortunately, is killed later. So this is probably the most negative things we've ever heard about a victim. Oh, that's right. On a dateline. Uh, yeah, they are being pretty negative. Well, they do say some nice things. They do say she was friendly. It's just that she knew she was better than you. And she wanted you to know. And maybe she was better than you. Maybe she was better (laughs) than all of us. I don't know. I don't know. No one's better than anybody. No one's better than anyone else. If you are of the belief that money makes you better than someone else, then then Maggie's your gal. Yeah. So everyone didn't really want their kids to hang out with Paul. Anthony's dad and Connor... Stad both told their kids, look, you can hang out with Paul if you want, but if you guys get in trouble, Paul's dad will get Paul out of it and you'll be the one left holding the bag. The only bag I want to be left holding is a bag of Thrive Cosmetics. Yeah. Or help with the bags under your eyes. Oh, yeah. Thrive Cosmetics. Either way. My bags could hold groceries. And you know what? It's coming up to holiday time. So what's better than putting some stuff in your shopping bag and checking out? <laughs> it is the season for giving. It's coming. So why not give gifts that give back? 
I am talking about our friends at Thrive Cosmetics. Cause is in the name for a reason. Every purchase you make at Thrive supports organizations that help communities thrive. Not only does Thrive make high-performance beauty and skincare products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, they also have a bigger-than-beauty mission. And for every product purchase... Thrive donates to help communities. They have over 300 giving partners across the country. So Thrive really helps you look beautiful on the outside and beautiful on the inside. And on top of that, Thrive is also a cruelty-free company. They are certified 100% vegan, no parabens, sulfates, or phthalates. So let's talk about a few of the standouts from Thrive that would make great gifts or just a gift for yourself. Because you deserve amazing lashes that don't smudge or clump or flake off throughout the day. Yes, you do. I'm talking about the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. It dramatically lengthens each lash from root to tip. This is the first vegan tubing mascara and it is their best-selling product for a reason. It has mm-hmm. over 20,000 five-star reviews. It mimics the look of lash extensions without the damaging glue or the expense of lash extensions. So if you're thinking about that for the holiday season, why don't you get yourself a Thrive Liquid Lash Mascara? And what goes better with flawless lashes than Thrive's fantastic Infinity Waterproof Eyeliner that is both waterproof and smudge-proof. And you can wear it all day with your mascara that you can wear all day. This is great. I love that. Get up in the morning, one and done. Don't have to look at it again. Mm -hmm. This is really intense, high impact pigmentation in one smooth swipe. And I love that. It doesn't mean you've got this hard, dry pencil. You're going "Eh, eh, eh." (laughs) effortless, mistake proof, and it glides onto your lids seamlessly. And before you check out with your shopping bag, make sure to throw in something for hydrating those dry lips. It's getting colder and Thrive has a very chic answer for the winter chap. Thrive's Sheer Strength Hydrating Lip Tint. It's a lightweight, balmy, non-sticky formula that hydrates instantly and over time for visibly softer, smoother lips. So what are you waiting for? Celebrate the season of giving and try Thrive Cosmetics today. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com forward slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. This holiday season, high five and thrive. High five. (laughs) Thrive. Thrive high five. Katie, I am already stressed about holiday gifts. Yeah. I've been stressed about them since July 1st. I just gave you a bunch of good ones. No, I will use some of those. But I've also decided to give some people the gift of health from Everly Well. Ooh, that's a good one. That's good. Everly Well is digital healthcare designed for you with personalized results and tools for long-term health. They have over 30 at-home lab tests. I'm treating myself to the food allergy one finally because I always say I'm allergic to pineapple, but what if I'm making it up because I really just don't like it and then I can't say it anymore. I got to find out the truth. I'm going to get to the bottom. I can't handle the truth, but I'm going to try to get to the truth. I need to know the truth. Can yeah. you find out for me? Yeah. I'll do it for you. You can test your cholesterol, colon cancer screening, heart health, fertility. Honestly, it's impossible to get my dad to go to the doctor for any of his constellation of ailments. Impossible. Does anyone know a parent or anyone like that? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I'm looking at one right now. Oh, I can call my mom in here if you want. (laughs) I got that from somewhere. We all know someone like that or we are that person. I could get my dad 
to take a test at home. He won't have to leave his recliner chair. And then we can see what the test results are, and maybe they can prompt him to go to a doctor if it's needed. Everlywell ships the test to you in a little package. You collect the sample very easily at your house. You ship it back in a prepaid envelope. Physicians at a certified lab review the results, and you get them by email or text in just a few days. It's so quick and easy. The gift of health has never been so easy to share than it is this holiday. For listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash date. Dateline. That's everlywell.com slash date dateline for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Woo! E-V-E-R-L-Y, everlywell.com slash date dateline. Because Everly One should feel Everly Well. Duh. Get with the program, guys. <laughs> Connor's dad, Marty, is the one who has seen through Alex sh- shirts. S- shirts Mm -hmm. since the very beginning and wasn't going to fall for that. So he had grown up with Alec and wasn't surprised at all that he was throwing his weight around or his size beautifulness, let's say, around Mm -hmm. and trying to get people to take the blame for Paul. Yeah. A week after the crash, sadly, so tragically, volunteers find Mallory's body. And Mallory's parents and Anthony's parents would pray together every day at the crash site. The parents all felt like this boat crash is going to finally bring some things to light that are going on in this county with the Murdochs. Mallory's dad said, my daughter will not die in vain. Something big is coming. Mm. But I think there's no way he knew how many things were coming. How big this got. Because it's insane. But do you think they all suspected this is layers upon layers of dirty just going back I think back they years. maybe suspected 25% of it. Is this also the kind of thing where you want the big domino to fall down? Yes. They have too much Absolutely. power in this area. Too much power and... Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So Mallory's parents want justice for Mallory. So they hire a lawyer, Mark Tinsley. He files a wrongful death suit, naming, interestingly enough, Alec Buster. Hey, brother. And other people, but not Paul. Why? But Paul will get some in a second. But why don't they name Paul? It's very interesting why they don't name Paul. And I'm not quite sure. Maybe someone can enlighten me. So... Mark says Alec is responsible for Paul's behavior as a parent, and he condoned this sort of underage drinking. He apparently knew that he had a fake ID, and Buster's liable because Buster gave him a copy of his ID. That's when we learned it was a copy of the ID. So someone had to like actually get a copy. So he went and had one that he lost and then later found or something like that. Or right? got someone shady to make him a fake copy. No. Or made one at Kinko's. Because he was over 20. No one at the bars look because he's a Murdoch. I more think it's that, that he knows the people at that, the place he bought the alcohol and he knows the people at the bar and they're not going to mess with him because he's a Murdoch. But also, is the reason they go after Alec because he's the one with the money? Paul doesn't have any individual money yet. That could be true. Yeah. I think I might have just solved it. But I understand. Look, if I was Mallory's parents, I'd be suing anyone with legs who was involved. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like it's a sort of a stretch for to say that a 19 year old that you knew about the ID. So you should have done something like how much can you? Well, remember that affluenza case? It's very much like that. Did they blame the parents? Oh, yeah. 
definitely. But then the mom actually tried to flee to Mexico with her son. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She actually was guilty of an actual crime, but they totally blamed the parents. They knew about all the underage drinking and driving drunk and all of that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So a grand jury indicted Paul. So Paul was getting in legal trouble. This So the civil suit didn't include Paul, but the grand jury indicts Paul for boating under the influence and causing a death. And if convicted, he could get a max of 55 years. He pleads not guilty. So put a pin in that one. Meanwhile, Mark Tinsley, who is Mallory Beach's family's lawyer, is now digging into Alex's finances to see how much his clients could sue for in damages. And he says this is standard practice. You have to know how much money someone has so you can know how much you could sue them for. But Alec is supposed to give Mark some of his financial records, and Alec won't give any of his records, his taxes, his bank statements, nothing. And it's super sus. Shocking behavior. Throw him a pay stub or something. So we meet another man, Greg Parker. Do we know him? Never seen him before. Okay, okay. No. So he is head of Parker's Convenience Chain, which looks to me to be one of the nicest convenience stores I've ever seen. There's like fresh new carpet, the cleanest slushy machines. It seems like a mini bakery inside that's called Fancy Market. Fancy Parker's. Fancy Market, didn't it say? Parker's. Fancy Parker. Well, it's called Parker's. Yeah, fancy. This part's called Fancy Parker's where they have pizza and hot dogs or whatever you have. But I don't think it had pizza and hot dogs. I think it had quail and fondue. <laughs> I think it was very fancy. <laughs> Guinea fowl. There's like a hibachi chef behind it w- the counter. Exactly. It was king crab legs. Okay. Parker's is, I got to go back to Atlanta or to Georgia. They're all over Georgia. Press on. So this Parker's was named in the wrongful death suit because one of the stores sold alcohol to underage Paul. So that- Greg Parker is like, Y'all will not tarnish my name. My store did nothing wrong. We need some dirt on the Murdochs. Mm -hmm. So he hires private investigators to dig into the Murdochs because he's being sued. And he wants to expose their corruption, expose how they never have consequences for anything, and get video footage of Paul drinking around town after the boat ride to show that he has absolutely no remorse and is still underage drinking. So now there's multiple groups that are looking into Alex's business. And Mark Tinsley files a motion to get access to all of those financial papers that he won't give him. There so now go. the heat is actually on. Yeah. And this is the week where a couple days after this, Alec calls 911 saying his wife and his son were shot. He came home and he found them. Later the next day, interestingly enough, law enforcement makes a public statement that there's no danger to the public, which means it's an inside job. They know who did it, and it's not a stranger. They ask everyone who was involved in the boating accident for DNA samples and alibis just to make sure it wasn't a revenge killing. And I was like, do not you accuse Anthony of a revenge killing. Anthony, my sweetheart, would never do that. Don't you do it. And he even says, I forgave Paul, and I would never want anyone to die. And if you guys want more in detail about that, the murder of Maggie and Paul, Paul. we cover it a lot in the other episode. It's yeah. just they don't, they're trying to get to more information in this. Clearly, that's a huge murder. But yes. it's not, there's just a lot 
to get through with this family. And so it's very, very tragic, but it's in that other story a lot more. Yes, correct. So two and a half weeks after the murders, Alec and Buster, who are now the only surviving members of the family, put out a statement asking for tips in exchange for a $100,000 reward. So he's acting like the grieving father slash husband. And then Dateline is briefly at a watermelon festival, which was charming because they showed a lot of extra footage of this in their like behind the scenes series that they put on social media and in their email newsletter. Why are we seeing the watermelon festival? Because I have about eight question marks here. Well, that guy who cuts the watermelon, he has like 10 minutes. It's not 10 minutes. The whole segment's like five minutes, the behind the scenes thing. But he shows you how to cut it. He talks about the different colors of them and the like the ridges that you can feel on the water. It's very detailed. And it's basically just to show that this is what the town is normally known for. But since this boat accident, it's just famous for Murdoch drama. What's the name of the town that the watermelon <laughs> festival is in? Hampton? County? Okay, Hampton County, I can't. I'm having yeah. a hard time with you. This is like when people have townships. You know this feels like that where I'm a getting township, confused. Yeah. Is it a town? Is it a ship? Right. We won't know. So <laughs> is it a can't think of another word. City boat. I'm out. Boat city. So here's the <laughs> Providence. So literally where why are we we're just at the watermelon festival to be like Here's an example of normal. So Dateline just happened to be there during the watermelon festival. Okay, so festival. every time Dateline is in a small town or really any town, right. they do these behind the scenes thing. And mm-hmm. the reporter's not usually there, but the producers are getting footage of locals doing their local thing. It's very charming. But usually they don't wind up in the episode. Usually they're just for social media, extra features in the newsletter. But this time they did put in a tiny bit No idea why, really, except so that Craig Melvin could say this is what they're normally famous for. And now look at what they're famous for. Maybe they just had a couple, an extra 30 seconds. Yeah. And we're like, let's... I would say give us more Anthony if you have extra time. That's true. But maybe they really enjoyed the people that were at the Watermelon Festival. That guy was incredibly charming. The one that you says does the cutting. The guy's great. I'm going to watch it. I want to know how to cut it correctly. Yeah. Was it on the bias? Just... Out of curiosity, <laughs> did he say it was on? No, it's very strange how he like cuts out just this like middle, like the heart. It's called the heart. And then he eats it and he doesn't offer it to the camera people. And I laughed. It was funny. I thought he was going to offer it to them because no. it's like the heart of the watermelon. But no, he eats it. No. So meanwhile, the Murdoch murders are now being investigated by armchair detectives on Reddit and Facebook. And a lot of conspiracies are forming people think a it could be revenge from the boat is someone it's a i know what you did last summer situation or is it something within the family within alec and buster and maggie and paul so people are dissecting alec's 911 call and a lot of people think he's acting upset some people think he's actually upset i was a little offended because i feel like it's our official job to rule as official arbiters of mm. if someone is faking a 911 call or not. Mm. And my ruling is, I have no idea. <laughs> it sounded okay to me. I could go either way on it, to be honest. I thought the language used was a little odd, but I'd need to hear him speak in daily life. I thought right. saying, someone shot my wife and son badly. I think it's very, very clear that they've been terminally shot. Yeah. Especially since one of them, I believe, was shot in the head. Yeah. That's odd phrasing to me. Like he's trying mm-hmm. to pretend like he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's a hunter. I can see that. I think he knows. Yeah. So 
Alex lawyer, Dick Harputlian. There we go. He's on the Today Show with Craig Melvin. And so we're seeing Craig Melvin showing the clip from the Today Show. But what's funny is, so he's showing a clip of himself on the Today Show. But he's saying, he told the Today Show. And I was like, say me. He told me on the Today Show. Give yourself some credit. I get it. I think he felt weird about it. He probably felt weird about it. But like, it felt weird to not acknowledge that he's showing a clip that he is in without mentioning that he is in the clip. He could just say, when we spoke on the Today Show... Right, exactly. Also, does Mr. Harpoolian seem real tired? He seems exhausted. Wouldn't you, if your last name is Harpoolian? Not even that. Just having Alex Murdoch as my client. Yeah, it's too much. Exhausting. Yeah. So his lawyer, Dick, says, Alec didn't do it. He doesn't know who did it. And even Mallory Beach's family lawyer, Mark Tinsley, who does not like the Murdochs by any extension and grew up knowing that family, says he doesn't think Alec would be able to hurt his own son. And I was like, bless your heart, Mark. That does seem a little like, oh, why why do you think that? You don't watch a lot of day. I love it that he believes the best in humans. That's good. So the night of the murder. Don't stop believing. Alec said he ate dinner with the family and then took a nap and then drove to see his mother. When he came back at 10 p.m., he found Paul and Maggie shot. And investigators think they were killed after 8.30 sometime. So when Paul was, I'm sorry, when Alec was either taking a nap or was at his mom's. So his lawyers say it couldn't be him. So he took a nap from 8 till 9 o'clock, maybe. From 8.30 to 9.00. Yeah. Half an hour nap. Yeah. That's not a real thing. That's the optimum time for a nap, scientifically. Why don't you just go to bed? (laughs) That's the optimum time? No, I don't mean, sorry, time of day, but the half an hour is supposed to be like a really good time. Who can fall asleep for a half an hour and wake up? (sighs) My old boss who could do it for just a 20 minute cat nap. It takes me like five hours to fall asleep. That's correct, because you're normal. Like me. Yeah. Sounds great. I don't yeah. know what that life is like. Yeah. And so then he got up and went to his mom's? Yes, at nine o'clock. Came back at 10. So his lawyers say he has an alibi. Three months after the double murder of Paul and Maggie, mm-hmm. Alec makes another call to 911. This time he's reporting a shooting where he is the target. And I love this 911 dispatcher. She is sassy as heck. She is unimpressed from the very beginning. Sharon is having a rough day. I feel like Sharon brought donuts for everyone and left a note like, love you guys. Have a great Tuesday. Go 911. But P.S. Save the bear claw for me because I'm Mama Bear Sharon. And then the intern Tucker took the bear claw and then said he never saw the P.S. on the note because it was smeared with jelly or something. And so Sharon is not happy. And so she's like, what's going on? Who's calling me? Why do people keep calling me? I'm changing my phone number to 811. I can't deal with this. And Alex says, well, I got a flat tire and somebody stopped to help me. And when I turned my back, they tried to shoot me. And Sharon's like, did they actually shoot you? Or did they just try to shoot you? Because I'm going to need you to call back when they actually shoot you. Wow. It wasn't that bad, but it was 
It wasn't She's nice. It wasn't nice. And Alex says, they actually shot me. I'm bleeding a lot. And she says, what part of your body is it? Yeah, because that's weird to say that they tried to shoot me and then they did shoot you. You'd lead yeah. with they, they did. I am they been shot. They did shoot me. Hello, I have been shot is how you lead this conversation, not the story And he says, Some, somewhere on my head, they shot me and I'm bleeding. Okay, so then and that makes sense again because maybe you're disoriented. Maybe. So she says, who shot you? And he says, it was... <laughs> it was white fella. So I think he's just, he just didn't think it through. Yeah. At all. So he ends up going to the hospital and he, first they say he has a fractured skull and a minor brain bleed, which sounds really serious. But then later on they say it was a superficial wound. So I think I found that interesting last time too. They do show us the wound. I think we might've been trying to figure out. It does look pretty superficial. But it, it doesn't. he does have a skull fracture and a brain bleed. Yeah, I don't. So how I easily that, is the brain is the skull fractured? Is that fairly easy, or do you have to get hit pretty hard? Well, let's go to Jean-Benet. Well, she's a child, though. Yeah, that's true. Where's how old, fully grown so, man? Yeah, I know. So this looks to be another attack on the Murdoch family, but was it really? Which is Craig Melvin's version of, or is or it? is it? Yeah. So people start to question Alex's story right away. First of all, he has a fancy Mercedes Benz that can drive with a flat tire, which is technology I remember not knowing existed. I remember that very well. Because my car is 17 years old. I've never heard of it. I've never driven or heard of or test driven. I mean, there's been no car in my life that that's been an option. But very cool. And then there's this woman who... Doesn't give an F. And she was driving by the scene and called 911 and says, there's this man just laying there and he's waving his arms and he looks fine. It kind of looks like a setup. So we didn't stop. Can you guys come out here, Sharon? That's your job. I have ice cream in the car. It's melting. That was pretty amazing because she also was like, it feels like a setup. I love it that she instantly mistrusted it. Was like, I think "Mm." she and the lady from the Pam Hupp story who got in Pam's car with a knife. Because she knew something was up. They need to be friends and start a detective agency. You know what? The moral of this tale is today, street smarts. Street smarts. That's mm-hmm. how these people, some of these folks did well in this. Mm-hmm. So my logical question to why the story doesn't make sense is if he is shot on purpose by someone out for revenge or whatever, how did they know he was going to be stopped on the side of the road with a flat tire? Did someone put like spikes on the road to give him a flat tire? That's a great question. Okay, thank you. So investigators get a tip that the shooter was Curtis Eddie Smith, who I do remember from last time. And he is, as Prue would say from Great British Bake Off, rough and ready. How did they get the tip about him? Did they get the tip from Alec? Did Alec give them the tip? Or he called it in anonymously. With a different voice. Okay. Yeah. Although why he wouldn't just say it's Curtis... That doesn't really make sense. Why wouldn't he just say that? Because he didn't know he wanted to use that yet. I'm telling you. He was like trying to kind of figure (laughs) it out. Why did he not think this through? Even half a second. Alex, but before this plan, he had a long time. Well, no, because we're going to come up to something here that maybe the plan was different. And so when the plan went awry, he wasn't ready for how it went awry. Yeah, maybe. So he... Alec called Curtis, according to Curtis, that morning and asked to meet up. And they're on the side of the road. And Alec says, I need you to shoot me in the back of the head. 
because he wanted to die. This is Curtis's version of the story. Right. And he said, Buster will be better off without me. I need you to shoot me. And Curtis said this. no. Yeah. But Alec pulled out a gun. Curtis tried to take the gun from him and it went off, but it didn't hit either of them. It didn't hit Alec in the head. There was no blood. Curtis grabbed the gun and drove off. And for some reason, he's very, he's crying by this. I don't, he didn't shoot anybody. You did okay, Curtis. But he's very upset. It was traumatic for him. So turns out, right before the shooting, Alec was kicked out of the family firm. The partners, including one that's his older brother, accused him of stealing millions of dollars from the family firm that had been around for a century. So oh my you God. have... What? His older brother. His name is Randy. I just realized it. <laughs> Randolph. Randolph. Yeah, he got the family name. There we go. But he goes by Randy. Yeah, oh, he that's does. Great. But yes. The original, the first. But the original, probably not. Okay, great. No. So you have the double murders of Paul and Maggie. And the impetus for that seemed to be that that week, a bunch of people were going to have access to his financial records. And then you have the impetus for the second shooting against Alec is he just got kicked out of the family firm right before. So a week after the shooting, he confesses this shooting was a plot to kill himself. He only lasts a week before he confesses that. After all that. Was he in he jail? Says no, he, he's not arrested. Not yet. Okay. So he admits it, though, under questioning. Okay. He says he wanted Curtis to do it so it wouldn't be a suicide because he wanted his son Buster to get his insurance policy and there was a suicide clause. He explains, well, his lawyer explains on the Today Show with Craig Melvin that he had been addicted to opioids for 20 years and had checked himself into rehab. And so a lot of this is drugs. He is charged at this point for insurance fraud and filing a false police report for this roadside setup. Curtis is also charged with the conspiracy, which is BS, because I don't think Curtis knew, or maybe he did. I don't know what I think about Curtis, but I just feel bad for Curtis. And he's clearly been used by the Murdochs for a long time. And Yeah, it's kind of messed up. I don't want him to go down for this. Yeah, and also, you know that Curtis is going to get caught if Curtis had actually, if this original plan that he's saying is true, Curtis could have gone down for murder. Mm -hmm. He never, no one ever would believe that his buddy, Alec Murdoch, this really mm -hmm. super rich, powerful guy, told him, I want to die. That's not... I don't know what the motive of Curtis would be. He must have maybe thought of something. Like, he owed him money. Maybe it was covered in the first episode. What I think we had a hard time believing this plan last time. We just didn't know. We couldn't figure I, it just, out. Curtis is not that convincing, but at the same time, he's very convincing to me because he seems just like he doesn't have it in him to come up with this scheme or a lie that's complicated. Yeah, maybe you're right. So maybe he was this plan, but it also seems very odd on Alex's part, which is the only part that I kind of maybe believe that it's drugs thing that Alex is saying, why he's doing this stuff. But it seems weird that a lawyer would not know your your life insurance plan because everybody in the episode keeps saying, and I remember this last time, they say he thought he his policy would not pay out if it was a suicide. Right. Do they actually say in the other episode that it wouldn't they, or it would pay I out? I don't think they do ever say it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's actually part of his insurance plan. Right. 
Nobody's affirmative. Yeah, on they it. do phrase it like he thought he wouldn't get he it. He thought he wouldn't get it. Alex would know. He's a lawyer. He's read the tiny print. Drugs, maybe. Maybe drugs. Okay. But not everyone thinks that he was actually on drugs. They think that was another part of the story that's made up. I believe that he might have been meeting Curtis to buy drugs. Mm-hmm. That's something that works for me. So the law firm is suing him for stealing millions of dollars. And he was also stealing from his clients. His lawyer says he spent most of it on drugs. And Craig Melvin says that's a lot of oxy. People think Curtis was his drug dealer and he was meeting him for drugs. But Curtis says, no, I never sold him drugs. I don't know. I don't Katie know. Katie doesn't believe him. I want to believe Curtis. This could be like when I believe the people on Cops when they say there's no drugs in the car and then they find them and they're like, those aren't mine. Right. And I believe them. I'm, I'm disappointed that they're lying to me. Did the police research that, like, did they search Curtis's home? Did they find right. pills or any kind of opioids or drugs on I'm him? I'm sure. Did they test him? The reporter from the Wall Street Journal says... It seems strange that he was on drugs for 20 years and no one knew because it's such a small town and these doctors would have had to fill these prescriptions and stuff. But they're not going to admit that because then they would get in trouble for doing all these prescriptions. And she thinks it's also weird that his firm didn't find out. I don't think that's so weird. Yeah, it is strange that they didn't notice that he was stealing all this money from clients and from... Yeah, I don't know. Is it possible so, that like stuff was starting to go down, like there was a lot of attention on him and they knew that the, his financials were going to be pulled? So even if the firm possibly was kind of aware, way. right, was looking the other way that they were like, okay, we got to do something about this or we're going to be implicated and the whole right. firm's going down. So we're right. basically sacrificial lambing him. That could totally be. Maybe. So Alec is released from the rehab place for the alleged opioid addiction. Greg Melvin says, and he is arrested in the parking lot. But it's not what you think. It's not for the boat accident. It's not for the double murders of his wife and son. It is not for the embezzlement. It is for someone new. Well, not new. We learned about her in the last time. Gloria Satterfield. And this story is so sad. This is when we get sad and mad. Yeah. She worked for the Murdochs for over 20 years. She was a cleaning lady and kind of a nanny for the kids. She thought of them as her family. And remember my boy, Anthony, he says that she doted on Paul. She called him Paul Paul and she kind of babied him and took care of him. So in 2018, which is a year before the boat crash. So remember how I said it didn't really start at the boat crash. It started earlier. It started in 2018. This is now three years before the double murders. Right. One year before the boat crash. Gloria falls down the stairs, hits her head, and eventually passes away after being in ICU for 21 days. The Murdochs say she tripped on the dogs, or it was an owl, and this is another staircase situation. It was a staircase, but this was the staircase outside. It was the stairs up to the house. One of our listeners went into a deep dive last time about the dogs, because apparently there's lots of conspiracy theories about the dogs. These are hunting dogs that the Murdochs own that are incredibly well-trained, and they don't jump around at people's feet. So she and I guess a lot of other people online think that this whole death is super suspicious. But do dogs not lie down? Yes. But I think they said they were like around her feet. 
I don't think they were laying on the outside and stairs. And she tripped over one as she went down the Could stairs because she didn't see it. Could be. And you know people want conspiracy theories. Is that why they have the kennels outside? So they're not breeding dogs. They have these very expensive dogs. Hunting dogs. Yeah. So Alec told Gloria's sons, I'll make sure you get the insurance money. I'll make sure that you're taken care of. You need to hire Corey Fleming no. as a lawyer. So they do. Years go by. Nothing happens. The boys don't get any money. And then one day, Gloria's brother is reading an article about the Murdoch murders and it, of Paul and Maggie. So now years have passed. Mm-hmm. He's reading an article about the murders, and it mentions that Alec had gotten this settlement from Gloria's death for half a million dollars. Hmm. And he's like, that's news to me. No one in my family saw a dime of that. Uh. So the family hires new lawyers because Corey sucks. Yeah. We are getting this money. So they sue Corey, Alec, and the local banker, Russ Lafitte. I've forgotten about Lafitte. Russ Lafitte for withholding the money. The three of them have this scheme going. Mm Mm-hmm. The, these new lawyers find out that that settlement might have been as big as $4 million, not half a million. And they kept it all for themselves. They never gave a dime of it to Gloria's two sons. My God. So the lawyers tell the police, and Alec is charged with obtaining property by false pretenses. He's a Batman villain at this point. So he's in jail for all of this stuff. The Gloria death, the roadside shooting, the embezzlement. And we're getting a lot of jailhouse phone calls from him, and he is not happy in jail. This is not the life that he has grown accustomed to. He says, my God, you don't know how bad this food is. I've never seen anything like it. You think hospital food is bad? I'm telling you. I can't stand it. I hate it so much. I hate, I know, I hate, I hate it. these calls. You know, it would be worse if he was like, man, it makes me really crave those meals that Gloria used to make for us. That would oh. be worse. Oh, Or I really crave that pheasant croissant sandwich that they have at Parker's Fancy Market. (laughs) Fancy Parker's. You get some gas and you get some pheasant at the same time. Yep. So then he's bragging about this exercise routine. He's like, I do five sets of 25 mountain climbers. Like one, two, three, one. One, two, three, two. One, two, three, three. Stop talking. I hate this conversation. <laughs> but I mean, you don't need to count. You don't need to do the count. They know what you mean. But what are mountain climbers? I think they're like, you get in almost like a plank position, and then you raise up each leg one by one, so it's bending. So it's almost like you're laying down on the ground, but if you were to tilt 45 degrees, it would look like your legs are going, like you're climbing up a mountain like a yodeler, like you work on the Matterhorn. Is that good? Yeah, it's good for your core. It's probably good for your tushy. It's mm. probably good for your arms and your legs. It's probably a full body, much like a plank. Okay. Okay. So he's also brags that he's getting a lot of reading done. He's reading Grisham and James Patterson and Pat Conroy. And he says, anything to kill the monotony. And then I thought he was going to say, it's usually me that's killing people. Not yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know something that he could do with his free time. Fix yourself, Alec. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yes, it is. Alec knows one thing by now. Life doesn't come with a user manual. Sometimes you're out there juggling things in the air like career changes. Maybe you just got fired from a firm that your family built 100 years ago. Are you trying to tell me something? No. Is this my verbal pink slip? (laughs) 
I'm going to be very upset. Maybe you have a new relationship. Maybe you have a new relationship with your prison cellmate, Marco, who has a lot of thoughts about how the toilet should be used. Oh, yeah. When life isn't working for you, you can feel stuck. In Alex's case, literally. Therapy is basically a life manual. Therapists are trained to help you figure out what's causing your challenging emotions and learning productive coping skills. Last night, I couldn't sleep. It was four o'clock in the morning, and instead of eating an entire box of Triscuits to soothe myself back to sleep like I usually do, I tried another coping skill, doing an easy crossword puzzle, and it worked. I fell asleep. Thank you, therapy. And next week, my therapist and I can discuss why my horrible fear of failure, but also my huge ego are conflicting, and that's the reason I can't sleep. My therapist is going to love analyzing this one. Therapy is one of the most worthwhile things you can do for yourself. And today is the perfect time to start because the holidays are coming and they're stressful. And so is Mariah Carey. And to get through Whamageddon and Mariah Armageddon. Mariah Geddon. You might need therapy. Yeah. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless search for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash dateline. That's better H-E-L-P help.com slash dateline. Because we can all use a little better help. Check it out, guys. Thank you, BetterHelp. Thank you, BetterHelp. I would like to take a quick minute to tell you about a podcast that I love. As we know from watching so many datelines, It's really hard to imagine losing a loved one, a wife, a husband, a child. For many, it's their biggest fear. From Wondery, The Vanished is a podcast that tells the stories of often overlooked and unsolved missing persons cases. Every week, host Marissa Jones dives into a new case, sharing the details of their mysterious disappearance from the interviews with family, friends, law enforcement, and sometimes even suspects in an effort to reveal the truth. The Vanished has even aided in getting long overdue arrests through their in-depth interviews. Amazing. Marissa reminds listeners of the human behind the headline and aids to help family members find their vanished loved one, or at least find a sense of peace. This is an incredible podcast. Marissa is so easy to listen to, and the stories are so touching and important. She's able to get a lot of information from the people surrounding the particular case and tells their story with compassion. This is true crime podcasting at its finest. You can follow The Vanished on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. The Vanished. Add it to your list of must-listens right now. Katie, what's a podcast that actually does research unlike ours? Because we don't know what the town is called in this story. Hampton County. <laughs> they call it Hampton County. That's fine. So... Several lawyers are offering their services to people around town who have been scammed by the Murdoch family. And because they think they've never they've done it before. This isn't the first time. Yeah. So this one lawyer, Justin Bamberg, is hearing from several people that they got scammed. And he points out that the kid doesn't start stealing from the cookie jar, just the whole cookie jar. 
they start with one cookie and they see if anyone notices. I loved that analogy so much. Mm-hmm. I've never also, heard that before. Cookies. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we meet for the first time in this Dateline story, and we, she was not in the last one, Pamela Pinckney. And she was in this horrible car accident with her son, Hakeem. He was the life of the party, which is very sad. And he was a football star. He was deaf and he was a football star. He sounds incredible. Unfortunately, he was paralyzed in the crash and had to be moved into a home and put on a ventilator. It's horrible. This mother. So who in their right mind would take advantage of this family who has just gone through this horrible tragedy? No. Enter Alec. He charms Pamela and came off as super helpful and said, I'm going to get you guys money. I'm going to sue the tire company because the tires are what caused the car accident. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get all this money. But I need you to hire Corey Fleming for your suit and I'll handle Hakeem's suit. So now we have Corey in the mix again. Oh, my gosh. And the same banker, Russ Lafitte. He's in it as well. He's got so his foot in the- it. The case settles for millions of dollars, and a hundred k ends up going to the banker's daddy. As what this lawyer is explaining it, is so that Russ a euphemism? Lafitte, somehow his dad is involved. Oh, it's not a euphemism. No, I think. So. <laughs> what would the euphemism be? His daddy. <gasps> like his his like da- his leather daddy. Oh no. <laughs> But I wish. He's paying someone who does special business with him. I wish. Okay. Well, maybe it was, and it was Dateline's way of being sneaky. Maybe Craig Melvin's a little cheeky. But then he says 329,000 goes to Alec's daddy. Oh. So I think Alec had borrowed money from his dad, a.k.a. maybe stolen money from his dad. Alex's parents are still with us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We well, know, I knew mom, mom was still with us, but is, yeah. are mom and dad not living together? He just went to know. his mom's. I feel thought like his... divorce is frowned upon. I feel like divorce is imminent, but <laughs> I can't, sure. probably can't say that. It's, oh boy. Okay. So 10000 goes to Maggie for her furs. She's always in furs whenever we see her. She is not. We see her in furs a couple times. We do? Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes, that tracks though. South yeah. Carolina, furs, yeah. So the money was also used to book a private plane to fly the Murdochs to the College World Series. Oh, my God. Basically, what the scheme is, is he's maybe giving Pamela some of the money, but the, he's getting a way bigger portion than he should. Tragically, even more tragically, this woman has been through so much. Hakeem dies in 2011 when his ventilator comes unplugged. At the nursing home. Oh, so I can't. It's so horrible. Why? Why? So, guess who represents Hakeem in the lawsuit against the nursing home? I'm so mad about this. I'm so mad. Alec, he gets more money from the nursing home because of Hakeem's death. He gives Pamela a portion of the money and ends up keeping over a million dollars for himself without telling Pamela disgusting is this what erica jane's husband did allegedly things like this was this the same scheme yes i think so Mm. i don't know if he was giving them any money though the lawyer explains that alec was really preying on 
low-income people who had never seen this much money before. So they were happy with what they were getting. If they got a hundred thousand, they've never had a hundred thousand. Right. So it they don't like look at the paperwork them. and yeah. say, Why did I only get a hundred thousand and Alec got a million? Right. They're not even looking at that because they're like, I got a hundred thousand. So it's just really gross. So this lawyer sues all of the rich dudes for stealing from Pamela and all of these other people. Mm-hmm. Russ Lafitte, the banker, he settles a claim in this case. All three are charged with financial crimes by the state grand jury. So it's tumbling down. Yeah, it's that's bad. Anthony Cook and his parents are shocked. Remember, Anthony? They're shocked by all of this. The mom says he, he didn't need to do all this. They He had millions of dollars. I would like to introduce her to some words of wisdom by the philosopher Notorious B.I.G. And those words are, mo money, mo problems. Yeah. So Anthony said, I used to have respect for Mr. Alec, and I lost it. But he still calls him Mr. Alec because that Southern runs real deep. It really does. Alec is in jail talking to his son Buster on the phone. Remember, Buster is still out there. Hey, brother. I think I tried to look up Buster last time. I think we got really curious about where Buster was. Well, Buster, I found out, did is a lawyer and worked at his dad's firm with all the other Murdochs. But that was before his dad came a tumbling down. Uh, okay, interesting. So he was fully in it. Hmm. He is talking to his son Buster on the phone and Alex seems concerned that Buster sounds sad and Buster's like, the whole world hates us. Oh, and also my mom and my brother are dead. You were there. You probably yeah. remember. That's going to be really, I actually do feel really bad for Buster. I do, except there's a whole nother case. There is another case that makes that it hard. That he might be involved in. But still, at Allegedly. this point, I would feel bad about him if I didn't right. know about that. So, right. Yeah. So... Alec talks to his sister on the phone from jail, and he's in jail on a $7 million bond. And she says, is there any way I can help? I mean, I don't have $7 million in my pocket. And he says, you could grab a check. And then he says, all this stuff about how rich and powerful we are, I wish half of it was true. I mean, this thing has taken on a life of its own. And it's usually me taking lives. But now this, everything he says has this sinister undercurrent. I don't know yeah. if he realizes that. No. I also feel like he's ham-boning it up for yes. the recording right now. Yeah. So in July of 2020, there is new information. There is a video recording that takes place at the kennels at the Murdoch property and this woman is like recording her dog and she appears to be talking to the Murdochs and on the tape you can hear Maggie Paul and Alec talking and joking around in the background and this is supposed to be at 8 45 p.m which is when he was napping right before he went to his mom's so his alibi is false but couldn't he have just misremembered the times like his nap was shorter than he thought Yes. And then he went to his mom's? Yes, definitely. I mean, like he maybe he murdered. napped from 8.10 to 8.35. Yes. Right. I have more questions about why this woman's dog is at their kennel. Right. And why she's there at 8.45. Maybe they do breed. I wouldn't be surprised if they breed. Okay. But they're there at 8.45 at night. Right. To check on the dog that's staying at their kennel? 
I don't know. It feels like a social visit or something. But also, why is he joking around with his son and wife right before he kills them? Yeah, there are a lot of questions happening here that we're going to need. I guess I'm going to have to wait for the trial. Yeah. So in July, he's finally indicted for the wife and son. Mm-hmm. And they don't say why. They have said nothing. The police, the investigators have said nothing. So the public really doesn't have a lot of info why they felt like they could finally arrest him if it's just this dog video, why they feel like he did it. The new, the Wall Street Journal reporter says it was secrets. That's why he did it. it he has thousands of secrets. And the week of the double murder of Maggie and Paul, Alec was being pushed to report his finances. And so all of his schemes over the decades would be revealed. But I don't understand how killing Maggie and Paul gets him off the hook for that. It's maybe just a distraction. Well, how much was the life insurance on Maggie? 10 million? Right. But if people are getting the financial records, that information doesn't change just because you have enough money to pay back money you stole. It'll still show all the money that you got from all of these people you screwed over. And... The embezzlement, the firm knew about, well, the firm found out about the embezzlement a couple months later. So So they didn't know about that yet. The embezzlement was from the firm itself, not from clients' payouts, It was both. It was from clients as well. So maybe he was trying to pay back one. He was either trying to get himself out of trouble with the clients or whatever they were going to catch, he was going to repay or fix that debt. Mm-hmm. with this money, with this $10 million. I'd like to know more about how much life insurance they had on their 21-year-old son and why did he have to kill both of them? It just, we don't know a lot and that will come out in the trial, hopefully. Yes, I'm sure it will. And the trial is coming. A battle is coming. Oh, boy. And it'll take place in the very building where generations of Murdochs have practiced law and where there's a portrait of... His great-grandfather. I think it's Randolph the first. I thought it was one of the middle ones. Maybe it was one of the middle ones. Randy, mm. too. Mm. And on the walls, and that's where he's being tried. So people are hoping they're finally going to hear more about the murders. In their pretrial stuff, all they say is it's because his financial crimes were coming to light. And people are like, we need more answers. Do you have more specific things? Got it. So the defense says... Curtis did it. Remember poor Curtis? He apparently failed a polygraph about the murders of Maggie and Paul. So they think he was involved. But Curtis got, denies this. Of course Curtis is going to fail a polygraph, though. Yeah. Per- Curtis is poor not Curtis. like a sit still, kind of take a polygraph kind of... I'm jumping ahead to B-roll, but Curtis's B-roll is him walking so slowly and he's so sweaty. His shirt has a huge sweat mark. He's also packing heat on the sweaty shirt. <laughs> That's what that holster is. He's in danger. I yeah, get it. Yeah, I think he is in danger. As long as Alec is alive, he's in danger. It's not often that we get a lawyer sitting next to their client in the interview. Sometimes the lawyers are just off screen. Yeah. But this lawyer was like, no. I'm I sitting need to next sit to Curtis. Right next to him. And there are a few times we never hear the lawyer speak unless he's speaking over the top of him really quickly. <laughs> but like... He needed to be there to just basically grab his arm and be like, stop talking. He needed to be there when they shot that B-roll and say, get him a new shirt. He shouldn't look sweaty on Dateline. It makes him look very guilty. No, no, no. I think he's doing a Marlboro Man. Mountain Man. 
Marvel compared man. to all of the Murdochs in tuxedos in all of their photos. Don't tell him that. He doesn't know. He thinks he's doing the Marlboro Man. He's got his gun. He thinks he's being Did Robert it read Redford. Marlboro Man to you? No, but that's what I know because the way he's walking, I yeah, think he's he doing he's a slow-mo walk yeah. to be like, I am Paul Newman. I yeah, think he that's, does. I say, I agree. He, it's just not reading that way. And his I lawyer know. knows better. You did. All, you're, you're all right, Curtis. <laughs> it maybe so, didn't read, but. I Curtis see. says, I didn't do the murders. He says. No. He Maggie didn't. was having a torrid affair with a groundskeeper. Oh, my God. Because, of course, they have a groundskeeper. And that might have had something have a to full do staff. with the murders. I know. So he's pointing a finger towards Maggie having this affair that they can never prove. Or maybe they can. We don't know. We haven't heard the trial yet. So the prosecutors say they intend to prove that he killed, that Alec killed them. Uh-huh. The trial starts in January, which means we're going to get more Craig Melvin. Great. So I'm excited. Me too. Craig asks the New York Times reporter, what will the trial be like? And she kind of explains what happens in a trial. Like the defense puts forth their side in or the prosecution puts forth their side. And then what the defense does is they try to poke holes into it. Maybe she heard the question as what can we expect from a trial? A trial. (laughs) What happens in a trial? Right. And oh, that's rough. So also in January is Mallory Beach's wrongful death suit. Oh boy, trial. here we go. So January is a big month. All Her, the chickens are coming to roost. This yes. Is it. And the lawyer for the Beach family says the whole town is just so done with Murdoch's and all the drama and they want to move on and heal from this. I do agree, but I do also think there's probably a couple people selling t-shirts and like trying to get tourists to come to the town. I do think also be happy because they're being held accountable. This is not they. I mean, all everyone said the whole episode is how they get away with everything and they're able to push everything under the rug. This is mm-hmm. not that. Yeah. It's time. But if this can bring some sort of revenue to the company, to the city, to, to the, the camp- township. Stop it. Providence. <sighs> maybe. Municipality. They don't need money. They have the watermelon festival. Alex's former colleagues are now the Parker Law Group. Is Greg Parker one of them? The convenience store guy? Is that just a coincidence? He was so fancy for just owning a convenience store. Yeah. His outfit but we'll a get chain. to it in it's fashion a chain. place. It's not a huge chain though. I looked them but up. But there's more than one. Okay. So we, he has riches and hot dogs and and Fritos that we dare not dream of. I think it might just be fun for him. Yeah, it could be a pet hobby. Owning a chain of massive, nice convenience stores is just a hobby. It could be. So, but they're, the former colleagues have rebranded themselves, which was probably a really smart move. And they're trying to pay back all the money that Alec took from clients and such. So Alec admits... That he stole $4.3 million from Gloria's family. He admits it. Now, they won't get any of that money from him because he has no money now. But they have gotten over $7 million from other parties involved, which probably means Corey Fleming and the banker LaFoot. And they've decided to do an amazing thing with the money. They're sharing it with other people who worked hard and struggled 
like Gloria did. So they created a charity called Gloria's Gift that helps low-income people in that area get presents at the holidays. We have to donate. Gloria's Gifts. I wrote it down. Yeah. This is, They're turning this tragedy into something amazing. This just, family is incredible. They're incredible. I love, I would I love just every wallow. single member. Yeah. Yeah. So Pamela's claim is still pending. I okay. hope she gets a lot of money. And Oh, please. She needs this, yeah. Her lawyer considers Mallory Beach an angel because her death started all of this and is going to bring justice for a lot of people. That's a nice way to look at it. It is. Back to Anthony, who is so cute and has a tattoo of a heart that says Mal with angel wings and always on my mind forever in my heart. It's so sweet. It's really sweet. And this episode doesn't address someone who might be a victim of the Murdoch family. Correct. Stephen Smith. Correct. Who, who was in the previous episode. Who and was in the previous episode. Kimberly and I are both thinking that he was not addressed because something is happening in his case. I don't know that. I hope that. I hope that. Or we're going to have another part fairly quickly and they're going to go into that. But I'm wondering if they... Or there's just so many people. They brought in Mal or they brought in Pamela and we didn't hear about her before, so now Because I would hate to think that the watermelon festival took precedence <laughs> over Stephen, who we both No, liked the watermelon very much. festival was twenty second. That was not enough to tell Stephen's story. No, it definitely wasn't. But they did bring in but we've never met Pamela Pickney before. That's what I'm saying. So they had to bring in new people. I'm sure her family was like, why wasn't this addressed in the first episode? And maybe now Stephen's family is like, why wasn't this addressed in the second episode? There's just so much. There's so much damage here. Oh, and Parker's. Yeah, maybe we didn't need to hear about the Parker's convenience store. No, we didn't need to hear about it in the Dateline, but I needed to hear about it in... (laughs) In your life. In my personal life. Yes. It's important that I knew about Parker's, which has 54 locations. Wow. Are you kidding me? I thought when they said a few, it was like five. 54 locations. Headquarters, Savannah, Georgia. He's a billionaire. Greg. So, uh, and there is an HBO show that goes into more detail that we might talk about if you guys are interested or if you're sick of it, let us know. I think a lot of people are very into this story. I am. I'm fascinated. It keeps going deeper and deeper like a stinky onion. This episode is dedicated to Billy I.E. Ooh. I love a Billy I.E. Billy Jean is my favorite. I'm sorry. Are you watching American Horror Story? New York? No, I'm not yet. Who's in it? Is Billy Zane in it? No. Just kidding. Billy I.E. Lord is in it. Who's Billy Lord? Carrie Fisher's daughter. She's been in a lot of American Horror Stories now. I don't know her. I don't have to look her up. Yes, you do. You'll recognize her immediately. Oh, okay. Is NYC good? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Good recommendation. Billy, this has nothing. Let's talk about Billy. Billy, you're awesome. Billy, where do you live? Oh, this Billy. I love Billy Lord. Love her. And I love this Billy. Our Billy. Can I call you our Billy? Billy T from La Jolla. Oh, my God. La Jolla? Jolla? I bet you like La Jolla. La Jolla is a very beautiful place. It's incredibly beautiful. Billy, we really appreciate you being one of our Patreoni. Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> Billy. Thank you. Does anybody in your family fondly call you Billy Goat? I don't think that's fondly. It would be cute if you were a little kid. It yeah, might get annoying when you got older. Let us know yeah. if that was your if that was your journey. Yeah. <laughs> 
us your journey, Billy. Thank you so much. Thank you. So B-roll bonanza. You got it. Anthony and his whole family walking around the property, the house. That was really cute. His mom showing the garden. They're also um, driving around with Craig on a like tractor. I, I loved it. I, I kind of loved that. Every, this place looks beautiful, by the way. Does it make you kind of want to go to South Carolina? Some of the shots that we it got totally were really does. pretty. I do feel like there's a bug situation, though. There's definitely the a bug situation. The lawyer with the dogs. And then Anthony yeah. with dogs. There's lots of dogs. Lots of dogs. South Carolina's a dog place. Very mysterious shots of the lowlands that are with the fog coming across. That's wild. Well, because they're on the water. And then we talked off mic about where they actually live in the island town. Island town is the name of the island or the isthmus or whatever the house is on where it's just mm-hmm. its own estate. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's like England where it comes across the moors. Yes. The fog rolls in Heath across Cliff. island town. Yes. Yeah. It uh, is. It's very dramatic. Heath it Cliff is very Kathy. southern gothic. Yeah, That's the perfect it, word for and it. And they say the moss hanging from the trees, and you see the house, and it looks like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. And Curtis walking all sweaty. Sorry, Curtis. That's all right. Uh, Michael DeWitt, the reporter, messy reporter's desk. I'm sure I said it last time because he's got one of those messy local reporter desks that I love. Yeah, yeah. but that happens. I think you're just you're on this scoop. You got to get the next scoop, so you don't have time to clean your desk. Which is great. And then a lot about Parker's convenience store. Fancy Market, which is not Fancy Market. Also, Parker's at a stand-up desk. Parker himself, Mr. Parker, is very fancy. Was he at a stand-up desk in the back room of the convenience store? No, like at his own personal home office or whatever hotel he's at with the conference center. See, he got a lot of B-roll for just being in it for three minutes. Also, the name of the boat that crashes at the beginning is called the Seahorse. Horses of the Horse of the Sea. Seahorse. Seahorse. It's a thing. Those little seahorses. No, but it was sea. Isn't seahorse all one word? I think so, yeah. So this is S-E-A, capital mm-hmm. H-O-R-S-E. It's the seahorse. Sorry, I completely forgot that seahorses are actually an actual animal. <laughs> I was wondering why you thought that was so weird. <laughs> but like, sorry. <laughs> but look at how it's written. Look at. Can you see that? It's written seahorse as in two words. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. Yeah, a seahorse are adorable. You They're remember adorable. the seahorse? Just think of a little mermaid. There's oh my gosh. Probably- but seahorses also feel like unless you've seen a little fossil one or something, they feel made up. Right. Seahorses no, feel like that. a fairy animal, like right. a pixie. Yeah. <laughs> but they are actually real. Also, I was like why is what she reacting so eat? strongly? I'm so horse. sorry. So anyways, why is it not then just a seahorse spelled like a normal seahorse? Right. No, that is a mistake or they're doing some sort of play on, play words. on words or they're just not that bright. Or maybe that they use it as a joke like I'm going to go horse riding today. I got to see going a man on. about a seahorse. So the sea, but it's sea C is spelled S-E-A. Uh-huh. It's a double, triple uh-huh. entendre, but not in a naughty way, just like a d- play on words. I'm going to saddle up. I'm going to... It's fine. I don't, I'm not going to question the Murdochs anymore. I don't know what's going on with them. Do you have any alternative theories? Who else did this? Is there any possible way that Alec Murdoch did not do this? Is Curtis involved? I don't know if he actually did the shooting. The other thing I forgot to mention is that it, we talked about it a lot in the first episode, I think, yes. is that they were 
Maggie and Paul were killed with two separate weapons. Uh-huh. And I don't, we'll find out in the trial if either of those have been linked to Alec or if he had help or if he hired someone to do it. Mm. We don't know any of this. I think that you is and Curtis I- involved? I feel like you and I probably thought last time that he had hired someone, which is still sort of how I feel when I watched this. I don't yeah. know if I said that last time, but I feel like we probably thought that, right? I feel like he would hire someone and give himself an airtight alibi. Yes. That's why he did with his mother. Yeah. Mother will give me an alibi. <laughs> mother boy. So yeah, okay. I'm curious. Did you have fashion police? Maggie is wearing a fur coat, and then there's this infamous photo of all of them in tuxes, and she's yes. in a fancy dress, and it's yes. just the photo they show over and over again of the family. At Cotillion. So we know how rich they are. Yeah, at a debutante ball. Yeah, it's fully a debutante ball. Yeah. I really liked Connor's mom. She was in the really, really bright dress with the yes. stacked jewelry. Mm-hmm. Bold Dateline choice paid off. And also, yeah. her hair, she had Stevie Nicks hair. It was mm-hmm. down, and it was feathered and kind of out. Yeah. I don't think she knows how current she is. I like her. Yeah, I don't know if she knows that it's total. I think people might make fun of her and be like, you're stuck in the past. And then she's like, I just saw it on a magazine. It's current again. And also, if I saw her in a store, I'd be like, I want her hair. So yeah, I if know that helps, hers. that is the hair I liked that I all love. the parents. I liked Anthony's parents and Connor's parents a lot. Did we have the parents last time? A little. Okay. But I don't feel like we had this much. And I don't feel like we had Anthony. Or his parents. It's a shame that all all the parents are good except for Alex. All these other parents that have grown up with them and they've lived there their whole life. They're all good people, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. I like them. And you know they always gossip about Alec stuff before this happened even. And you know Craig Melvin? I feel like Craig probably had dinner with every single one of them. That he was like, you know, where should we go to eat? Or let's, yeah. yeah. And she's like, let me make you Let's go to Parker's. And get some quail. Seriously. Exactly right. Let's go get a shrimp cocktail at Parker's. And he's like, shrimp cocktails at a convenience store? Oh, no, you have to try it. And I can fill up my car. Parker. Okay. Parker himself. What he's wearing walking his B-roll around the convenience store is a white button down that looks very, very expensive. Mm. And it looks tailored to fit. And then Mm. off-white denim. So it's cream and white. Mm. Hard to pull off and very stylish. Mm. It was interesting. Um, also, that's how clean his convenience store is, that he can wear like white and he's fine. And he's also kind of talking to the people who are serving behind. Yeah. I don't think that happens a lot. No, not now that I know that he has 50 something stores. Yeah, he's busy and he's at yeah. a stand up desk. He's busy. And then in his interview, again, very expensive looking, crisp white shirt, black jacket, white sharp pocket square. Mm. Are you upset? Different enough. Get away from, with anything. Okay. Different enough from Mank. Yeah. I didn't I don't get mad at other people. I get mad at Lester for that sort of thing. Yeah. Do we get any heat from letting Lester have it a little bit? I tried to make it as nice no. as possible, but there was no way to do that. No. Okay, great. Lester's Lest- not listening. Lester didn't write us I mean from people. No. All right. No one's listening. So Michael DeWitt, the reporter, and he is wearing bright orange is what he's chosen. Yeah, and he was wearing that last time. I remember that from last time because yeah. I remember how odd it was. But maybe it's like he was going hunting before. <gasps> maybe it's like a subtle 
Mm, never mind. I was going to try to think. I know we went into the hunting last time. I don't remember why. It was something about them being part of a club. Oh, they're what? they were part of a club. They were going to have to sell things, and they went through it last time, the items that they were selling, and they listed them out. That's what it was. Craig Melvin It Melvin's was a membership listed. to the hunting club that had been in membership. the family forever. And we were trying to figure out how much it was. And they were going to sell some other homes and maybe the seahorse. Maybe sea, paws, horse. But they can't. It's totally destroyed now. Yeah, it is. That's true. And then Curtis with his gun holster, which I think had a gun in it, but they may not have allowed him to wear his gun in front of Craig Melvin. Mm. But he still wanted to wear the holster. And then he was also I don't sweated. think Craig Melvin is there for those B-roll shots, to be honest. Oh, yeah, probably not. Yeah. I don't think his lawyer was there either. So I don't think his lawyer could have told him. No. His why lawyer... are you sweating so much? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know why he's sweating so much, but that's fine. We don't, we'll let him have his secrets. Okay. <laughs> anything else? Does anything no. else get a bad name? I don't even think Parker's got a bad name. No, I want to go there. I really want to go. Just the Murdochs have a horrible name. The closest one is over 60 miles away. It might be worth it. I know. I feel like it might be worth it. Okay. Titles? Oh. I don't have that great of ones. I have one. Oh, let's go. Something shady is LaFoot. Oh, that's really good. But his the banker's name was Lafitte. Laf- Lafitte is so good. I have the uh, crimes Lafoot. So it's fine. There we go. I think you did that one last time. I think I stole it from you. The one you- where Sharon needs her bear claw is my fake title because none of that really happened. I was just making that up, guys. There is no Sharon. I mean, she's a real person. I just don't know what her name is. Yeah. We also don't know if she can handle all that sugar. No, she might be diabetic. Yeah, she might have diabetes. Yeah. What about the family tree rots from the roots? Yes, I like that. That's a phrase, though. That's not a good title. I don't like that. Oh, real title, something bigger. They could have called it that because they kept saying like this, they felt like something big was coming, something mm-hmm. bigger was about to happen, but it also does sound dirty, so maybe not. I just came up. <laughs> it only sounds dirty to you. Okay. I have one. I just came up with one. What? Bless your watermelon heart. That's great. All right. I have the many, the many misdeeds of Alex Murder. Why have yeah. we never gotten that Murdoch and Murder sound? I almost think we did. We did. Yeah. So I didn't even get there. I just there's been a Murdoch here. I feel like we probably did that last time. Well, if we didn't, it's really good. So yeah. There's been a Murdoch. All right. Did you have anything else? No, that's it. There were no tweets. No, I'm um, sure there are, but maybe I'll look later. Let's give Kimberly a big round of applause because this is dense stuff. Dense material. So congratulations. You did it. It was great. Yeah, if you guys know any extra information about this cake, you can feel free to comment when you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Date Dateline. Please join us on Patreon and Supercast. We have lots of fun stuff going on. Kimberly is in the middle of Amazing Race. Yeah, and we did the craziest catfish story ever last month. We did. It was a wild Patreon. It's a good time. It's a good story. If you're not on there, you're missing out. So check it out. And also check out our other podcast, A Day with a Bake. Which is Uh, almost done. We only have six bakers left. I know, about the great, great British baking show. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. And stay fresh, cheese bags. You know that Parker's has the freshest cheese bags. <laughs> you know they've got a cheese bar. Parmesan. Where you go and they have, no, Parmesan, get out. They've got Brie. like the camembert. Camembert. Right, the double cream. The like s- sent in from What's Germany and What's the very packs. fancy one? Burrata. 
Yeah, burrata. They have a cheese bar. You're right. They have a cheese bar. Cheese bar and olive bar. They might have one of those specialists at the cheese counter at a really fancy supermarket. And it's What's like, that called? A cheesy air? What's the people? It's like a sommelier, but a cheesy cheeseologist. Cheeseologist. Hold on. Yeah. What's a fancy cheese person called? If I look up fancy cheese person, fancy cheese. Shout out to Martha, one of my favorite Great British Bake Off contestants of all time, who worked at a cheese counter while she was on Great British Bake Off. Ooh. Well, this, they have just called it Turophile is the name for someone who loves cheese, by the way. Okay. I didn't know. What is the name for a Turophile who's terribly trying to go vegan and doesn't approve of cheese products yet can't stay away? No, a terrible Turophile. Terrible Turophile. Terrible file. Yeah. And then an affineur is a term for someone who practices the art of affinage, which is the process of caring for ripening and aging cheese. Refining the cheeses. I love that. Yeah. F-N-E-R. Be your own burrata. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right. Are you eating fries? Yeah. Can I come back later? If I went up to your car and you were eating fries in the front seat, I would walk away and wait. Thank you. That is the privacy that one needs when they're eating cold, stale French fries. No, I know. bottom of your car i got you by the way you like fritos no okay so why did you why do you ask no i've been on a frito thing but they make a jalapeno frito now no thank you all right is this what one could expect from the glory that is bucky's no i was thinking more of that wawa yeah no wawa is more like smoothies and cheese fries, which is more mm-hmm. my speed. I would not order a lobster thermidor from a, yeah. a convenience chain. A gas station. But actually, I might. If they had it, I'd be like, well, it's got to be good. I would yeah. try to do it. Bucky's is a little more intense. They have like in-house fudge, things like, you know, things that I'm very into. Yes. The banana pudding that's individually wrapped that looks yeah. very fresh. Yeah, things like that. I've seen a tour of a Bucky's. Okay. On YouTube. Yeah. But I was so excited about this because I did not know about Parker's. But I was not kidding you about people taking the gas station or the convenience stores very seriously in this part of the country. I need you to come visit. I get it. And I've been waiting to go to the Piggly Wiggly until you get here. I want to go. I want to do a tour of them. Yeah, we're going to do like six in a day and we can take pictures and put on Instagram. I think that's a great idea. Pam Hupp did have a favorite convenience store where she would go every morning for her Diet Dr. Pepper. Because they're really fancy here. Yeah. They're really nice. See, and the place by me is like they're jerks. No, they are. So tiny. They don't have so tiny. anything good. And they wanted to charge me for a cup that broke when I put the lid on it. And I was like, it literally got destroyed and the Sprite was coming out everywhere. And he's like, they count them. I'm going to get in trouble. And I said, okay, I don't want you to get in trouble. Here's some extra money. And then he's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll just get in trouble. Like passive aggressive with me. Good God. And I was like, look, sir, I do not want to get you in trouble. I would rather pay an extra dollar, but you have to maybe show them the cup that is destroyed when I put a lid on it because it didn't fit properly. Where's Judge Judy? So I don't know, but I feel like that's a Judge Judy case.